Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me, as always, is Trevor Scott. Hello. Hello, hello, Trevor. So, we are continuing our lockdown series here as we're locked down in Melbourne. Trevor, what are we going to do with lockdown as a constraint this week? Physical locks. That Physical was Physical locks. So, every game that we make has to involve a, an actual physical lock in some way. Yeah. It, it could literally just be you're walking by a warehouse and there's a lock on the door. It could literally be that your your main thing is that you've got an old lock that you're trying to find the key for. Mm-hmm. Like, somewhere yeah, in I there, there's got to be a lock. Like, I think that's enough of a constraint. Yeah. So that is the constraint we're using today on Click Pitch. And for those who might be joining us for the first time, Click Pitch is a game where we each have a random word generator in front of us. And on the count of three, two, one, click, we will get a new word each, actually a new adjective and a noun each. And uh, we will sort of throw them up in the air, fire our mind bullets at them, and see what they explode into. Mm-hmm. Hopefully a game that is fun to listen to and think about. That would be good. Let's do it. Woods Enlightenment. Okay. Assorted Phone. Ooh. Now, <laughs> lock screen. Done. I'm imme- that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking of. I'm also going to say I'm immediately moving away from an actual physical lock to the lock screen on the phone. Uh, but uh, no, I think that works. It could be you, you found find- a phone in the woods. <laughs> you found a phone in the woods. Mind Simpatico. powers. We just linked together and came up with the same idea. I shot you with my mind bullets, Trevor. Yep. <laughs> Why'd you take out my eye? Um. Okay. You didn't need it anyway. You got another one. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So, I'm thinking first person mm-hmm. immediately, like just from the atmospheric point of view of sort of being in the woods, you sort of see a light, or, you know, behind a tree. Ooh, yes. What is that coming from? Someone is ringing the phone. Yeah. But as soon as you get there, it stops they- ringing. Yep. Yep. So, all you see is a missed call, but it's that typical thing of you don't know the code to unlock it. You yep. have to you have to wait for some point in the in the game where you can either unlock it or someone else rings and you can answer the phone and but mm. you've only got x number of time before the battery runs out and then after that you've got Yeah, so are you what I I'm thinking maybe you're camping in the woods, maybe you, with a few other people. You're there for enlightenment, so you're you're there. Oh, you think you're there by yourself? By yourself, you you're just sort of meditating and all this sort of stuff. And as you're sitting there, and you you just hear like <laughs> the typical Nokia tone. We really are on the same page tonight, Trevor. I was thinking exactly that. because that's what you want to hear, but. It's but some, it's someone, someone who's just is, a retro, yeah. Yeah. They've got a retro ringtone. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, so does the game start and you're trying to meditate? <laughs> the The game starts and you open your eyes. Or it starts in black. Yep. And it's like maybe... You hear breathing, the heart rate's mm. kind of low, you know. Or could we actually, could we do something with some, like, colours on the screen? 
So you get these like nice, calm colors animating with your heartbeat, with the breath mm-hmm. coming in and out. And then all of a sudden you get this like bright, pointy shapes on the screen. As it's the- magenta. As the ringtone, <laughs> it is, as the ringtone so shatters that, your calm. It is so that magenta, you know, horrible. The shade has gone missing. Color, uh, yeah, <laughs> and it's just it's poking you right in the eye, and that's when you know you're just hearing the the nasty tones of the Nokia thirty thirty one ten or whatever it is or thirty three ten. Infiltrate so, your calm, yeah. And so obviously, this is where. There's only really one way to one way to sort of go. You sort of walk down a little path, and it gets louder. Um, I think for accessibility, because I'm really into that at the moment. You can basically have down the bottom with the um, subtitles that it's getting louder or quieter. You can sort of maybe see yeah, or it. even an on-screen indicator you could have as a yeah. you know as an additional thing. Um, yeah, I'm getting kind of a Firewatch vibe. Yes, that sort of level of immersion in your like with the animation, that sort of thing of sort of your sense of being in this place. And, and even in the, in the semi stylized, um, graphic, like textures and, and, yep. and art um, style. I'm seeing this as autumn or for, for yeah. our American listeners, fall. Fall. There, there's just something about the colours of that with the with the red and the brown and the gold. It just it it's mm-hmm. it's just after um, summer has finished and it's like the the leaves have just turned and they're just yeah to you, fall. You're out there. You've like all the summer camping crowd have left because it's getting a little bit colder, but there's still enough you know heat left that it's not uncomfortable to be to be out there. Um, at night and yeah, you're sort of, you go out there every year to center yourself, but this year something's different. Yeah. You find a phone. You find a phone. So what happens with this phone? Is it? Yeah. So do you think we just, do you think the whole time is spent at this camp place, like trying to figure it out and then we sort of push things happening that might, maybe you can see text messages like because you'll get like the first sentence of a text message or something and that might start giving you clues about who the, whose phone this is uh and the ability to the first text message says jimmy where's my money oh okay dot 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 and yep. it's just that's gone down to the next line so it's sort of like oh okay this is jimmy's phone it actually says jimmy where's my money dot 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 <laughs> yeah so you it's not they don't have a very high screen money. resolution you're expecting that it says money, but maybe <laughs> said <It's in> monitor. <laughs> they left it there at a land party. <laughs> Jimmy, where's my monolith? <laughs> Jimmy, where's my monthly subscription to Max? To Cleo. <laughs> I don't know. Um <laughs> that, that's that's actually kind of funny. Like you can you can play around a bit with that sort of stuff. Actually, I just really like the idea of messing with the player in that way. That all of the messages are <laughs> are uh, leaning towards one interpretation. Uh, but when you finally get to unlock the phone, then you read through them, and it's all completely so innocent and different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but just. <laughs> 
<laughs> one of them shows like 15 lines and it's like it's really going in, de- in detail into it and it's like what do you think of my short story right down the end <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh, yeah i guess i'm picturing this very sort of atmospheric are we how quickly is all this happening is this all over the course of well, a day you, s- you said something that I kind of want to explore a little bit more, which was summer camp. Okay. And this yeah. this is basically, I think this guy owns owns this summer camp. Ooh, okay. He's yeah. out in the woods and he's just sort of like, the time's over, he's found he's yeah. found a phone here and he's thinking, this is right, either one, of, one, of, one the of the campers camp- or one of, one of the counsellors. Counsellors, yeah. Uh, and, but he doesn't remember there being a Jimmy here. Mm. And you can sort of go through the logs and that sort of stuff. And you, you start thinking, okay, uh, what, what's actually going on here? You know, you, you kind of thinking this doesn't match up with anyone that we had here. Um, <laughs> you hear over the radio, like something about, you know, an escaped mobster, Jimmy, Jimmy, the gun or <laughs> something like that. And just him being alone, looking for that enlightenment. He's got, you know, the whole camp to himself. You know where my mind's kind of going now, though, right? With no. With having all these camp counsellor dossiers to look through as you're trying to match up whose phone this is and the relationships and things. It brings me to a very Obradin kind of place. Oh, yes. Not Thank the full-on... You provide many, many great jumping off points for our games. Not from the whole, obviously, like trying to figure out who all, like, it's not all about this identification, but yeah, like the messages are coming through and you're just getting snippets that you're then having to match up with like, oh, could that be, you know, it's it's a name that starts with SU. Could that be? you know, um, the camper, the, the counsellor, you know, Susie uh, McDonald, or is it maybe, uh, you know, are they talking about, you know, uh, such and such, which actually does start with an issue, uh, who's, you know, got a nickname or something, though, um, Suds. They call him Suds, one of the kids, mm. because he, like, they pr- played a prank on him and he had to run out of the shower naked, covered in Suds. Okay. Uh, I'm loving this idea. One of the things that one of the early things is you have to go into lost property and mm-hmm. try to find the charger that matches this type of phone. <laughs> yeah, because yep, yep. it's it's a different phone model to what you've got. Like, yeah, um, I'm thinking one of two ways: either uh, this phone model is is you know like the Apple brand of this thing, and our our lead character doesn't have Apple; he's got the Mandroid or whatever we call it. In this. <laughs> Mandroid. The phone for men. <laughs> it's actually just called Robot. <laughs> and he's he always calls it Robot. <laughs> he's a little robot. Uh yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I like the idea of having to having to find um find a charger that actually matches because the phone's about to die. Mm-hmm. Um even if it does die, you can bring it back up just by finding the charger. That's pretty much one of the things that you have. Yeah, to and I think that's just that can be one of the drives to explore the camp a bit. Basically, I'm thinking once you charge it up, that one and only time, um, it it's it's now charged 
Yeah. Like, I think when you pick it up, it's got like 5% battery power and there's a story trigger that causes it to actually go off. Um, yeah, I don't think, unless it's dramatically important, I don't think we need it to continuously run out of batteries. So, is it kind of like Wet Hot American Summer in the fact that, obviously this is right at the end of end of uh, camp, as, yep. you, as you're walking through camp and... and you oh, you get of, like little... You get to piece together certain... Events. Vignettes of things that happened throughout throughout the the camp, yeah. and you start almost you you almost get to the the position where our character isn't necessarily who he's saying that he is. Mm. Oh, okay. He's not even. He doesn't actually own the place. He's just. He may not. Like he just. He may <laughs> just be a drifter who who happens to. Oh, I mean, you go the the very obvious route, and he's a you know um, a Jason a Jason style, and he's reliving all his all his you know the end, the very end of the and- game. The very end of the game is you actually find like the 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 cellar where he dumped all the bodies and all of the previous little vignettes you've seen start making a bit more sense when you realise that you literally were there and killed them all. Okay, let's let's start going through some of the vignettes that you want to you want right. to see. I don't know. I don't know that we actually want to go down the serial killer route. No, no, no. That's that's maybe a bit too dark. Because I'm fine, feeling feeling this is a bit more of a chill kind of thing. Um, and I mean, you're talking about the vignettes again. That's very Oberdin. I don't know if we do this do a similar sort of thing where you're almost going through a frozen scene, or if it's a looping animated scene, or just a you know I'd, one, one through. I like I like the idea like. of a, of a frozen scene of this is. You know the the thing that's sort of frozen in his memory of this is the the main crux of the thing that happened here. Yeah, and one of the scenes that I'm immediately seeing is a kid with a stick who's just knocked down a beehive, right? Or or you know a wasp nest or something like that. Yeah, it's hit the ground, it's cracked open, and all get kids all sort the, of running in all directions, all directions, and all that sort of stuff. And I'm really seeing that. You know that could be a a cool scene to sort of walk through, and you can sort of oh, see, yeah. um, you know, two counselors on the on the side having a conversation, and maybe in that scene you see the phone with one of these guys, but you don't know who this guy is, mm. and it's all about going through your memories of trying to piece together who this guy was, and and then figuring out something about like clues from his dossier and from notes you find and stuff to eventually figure out what is lock password would be basically yeah um yeah okay <laughs> that's really cool uh so it's called return to camp Oberdin. <laughs> <laughs> camp od camp od <laughs> it's actually a rehab camp yeah it's a rehab camp exactly <laughs> no I, I i think we do yeah I, I like the idea of that classic american style summer camp because it's such a cultural touchstone even for even for us who never went to aren't in america and never went to a summer camp although my sister did go to a summer camp as a counselor Mm. in america (laughs) (laughs) right right did you want to dig deeper into the the general sort of stories that are going on i kind of want to i want to i want to dig deeper um just because we we said first person, so that's a very Redin yeah. sort of feel. Um, are some of the are some of the cabins locked up? 
So you've got to get certain story triggers before they unlock, a la your Oberdin and that sort of stuff. So you're not overwhelming yourself with... Yeah, absolutely. I think you gate it in certain ways. Um, I think you... Tr- I can't remember is Because in Oberdin it was more... You could only go to certain places after you'd seen certain memories, right? Basically, as you saw a memory, like, uh, a door would unlock and you'd be yeah. able to see the next little bit. And then... I think we do it as a bit more of a... It's more you have to... Through a memory, you might find out where the key is to that place. So, it's more you're there and having to still physically make your way around this camp like Mm -hmm. you've sort of you've got that you've got your time period that you're in and it really is these memories whereas Oberdin it feels a bit more yeah it's a bit more mystical in that way because doors are just opening as you travel into and there's a ghost that sort of goes around and and, you know shows exactly the next thing is and all yeah I think maybe we do it as a bit more of a deductive kind of thing for the player where and you know we could put hints in there in different ways but where it's more like, you know, you might see out, you might see a scene outside that locked cabin. Once you get, once you've seen the right combination of scenes, that then gives you a clue to where that set of keys is or whatever. Okay, right? with all the memories that you you get, what you have to do is try and piece the timeline together when these mm, things yes. actually happened. Because I like the idea of it that you could get it, you could get a piece from anywhere but you you sort of go okay timmy here has got like uh lots of lots of band-aids on this is mm-hmm. after he got stung by all the bees and yeah and so therefore okay i can place that after there it's like oh he's only got a couple of band-aids on here so this is after that other one and it's like he's got none on here <laughs> it's so all, this could be at the end or it it's all around how many band-aids timmy has he's oh, just this- a very accident prone child so if he's got the band-aids and uh, his his uh, foot is in a cast, then that's after he broke his ankle. Uh, and if he's also got a bandage around his arm, that's when he fell on the barbecue. So it's got to be after that. <laughs> it's just uh, what what I'm kid. thinking is, but if he doesn't have any band-aids, that could either be at the very end or at the very start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you got to... Then you've got to find other clues that might not be immediately apparent. The only reason why I'm going with Timmy's beehive thing is because that's the only vignette that has been offered up so far mr <laughs> benjamin slinger <laughs> okay okay calm down um well i mean it depends on i mean is this a standard sort of summer camp or do we give it a theme like what there's there's barely ever been a, a summer a, a summer camp game um what i do like is you because the whole thing would be would be in colour, you can actually sort of see also by the leaves on the trees and that sort of stuff that they're mm. vibrant green and they towards the end, you know, they may get they may get a little bit. Well, I mean, I guess that depends on how like much that. you want to. Depending like, on does how your, does your entire surrounding change when you see a vignette, or is it again similar to Oberdin where it's sort of this this specific area that perhaps fills out. I could see some fun shader stuff where you can kind of see the shimmering or the, like, the, you know, the the edges as they... That fades out to nothingness. Well, or just that it fades into what's actually there in the background. Like, you can see where the edge of a vignette is. You can just walk completely out of it if you want because you're walking around this summer camp anyway. Yeah. 
but the actual what you're actually viewing there is is within this particular space yeah i like the idea of there being a vibrant color sort of thing and it gradually mm. fades to black and white as you get outside of the memory until or at least like desaturated to a certain desaturated degree, yeah. to a certain to a certain degree then when you get out of the memory when the memory closes it comes back it just... to your regular sort of yeah back to your color uh but still i think a bit muted and yeah you know yeah um okay well i i think then if you're going off some of the classic tropey sort of stuff you've got to have uh, a couple of scenes down on the lake yes. you know maybe mid mid a couple of uh campers jumping into the the lake you know there's maybe some other people watching uh you get Again, like if we're doing the sort of Oberdin style thing, you'll get some of the audio, so you might be able to figure out who those people are. So a little bit about the relationships between them. Obviously, there's going to be some romances happening mm-hmm. between both, probably the campers. I think we go like, I don't know. Teens. Well, yeah, I think it's teens. Um, it, it's talking like ten year old. No, no, no. It, it's 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 very much you know the well the wet hot American summer. <laughs> thing 40, of- 40 year olds playing teens <laughs> which is freaking hilarious yeah and then when when they come back and do do the second the one sequel. in 20 years they're well, the, the prequel it's earlier yes. it's earlier in the in the same I, summer I <laughs> yeah so i think you you're essentially got like 15 year old ish campers and like 18 year old uh, counselors, 19, 18, 19 year old counselors. So I don't, really I don't really want anything between the campers and the counselors. No, I don't think we play with that. But you, I think you've just you've got romances happening on both sides. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, and then definitely like some pr- pranks coming on. Uh, you know, maybe you see suds. Maybe you see suds running out of the showers with everybody laughing at him and. You know, then now he's a suspicious kind of one then because you know he's going to want to get some sort of revenge or like what what happened after that. But that also gives you a clue. Like if someone's calling him suds, then it's going to be after that event. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so then the phone comes back into it that after you see X number of memories and you sort of mm. you sort of focused, then then you you uh, get a phone call. And mm, you get yep. to talk to the person on the other end and they're looking for their phone. Yep. And when you tell them where you were, they go quiet. Oh. And hang up. And so after you after you tell them where you found it and that sort of stuff, things get a little bit suspicious. And after you get that phone call, then some of the next few memories that you see you start noticing someone in the background talking to, like, mm. the nurse or a counsellor. It's it's all about the kids again and, and the good memories that you're sort of I, seeing. I do like the idea that, yeah, that there's one person that you just cannot identify. Yeah, and, and like, it, it's a story, like, the spooky camp story and everyone's sort of, you know, doing, doing marshmallows around the campfire. There's a song going on with someone playing on a guitar, but then... In in the woods in the background, you can actually see a shadowy figure just watching over everyone. And it's sort of like, are we playing around with you know this is this is our character, or is our um, or is our person now somewhat of an unreliable narrator? Mm. 
because I like the idea of he he's going back through his own memories of stuff that's happened at camp. You know, he picks up like a um a towel off the off the um down at the lake house, and he remembers you know when that towel got dropped and all the kids were out you know jumping in the lake and all this sort of stuff, and it's all about the objects that he sort of picks up. But then after he has this phone call, the memories are tainted now with, you know, what he's sort of thinking, was there someone sort of in the background? Yeah. And like the idea of it sort of going into that slight horror thing, kind of like what Oberdin did, where you kind of felt like, when's it coming? You know, when's the Mm. horror actually coming? And then it never actually really comes, even though... Yeah, um, I mean, there's sort of a gone home-ish thing about that as well, of kind of hinting towards the horror, but having it end up being innocent. Because I think what happens around the phone call is that's when it's turning into nighttime. So Right, right, yeah. Because of that, now you've got, um, you know, limited lights and all this sort of stuff. And every memory that you go through, including including the older ones, actually now have this character in it. Oh, even if you go back, you see them there now. Yes. That's creepy. But the idea being that when you finally get to the end of the game, you realise that it's just been a new memory. It's just been, you know, your mind playing tricks on you. Right. Through these through these things, but it's through these memories. Sort of- well, I was also thinking to, to play on that. And yeah, after the phone call where they like hang up about, you know, when they hear where you found the phone and stuff, that maybe you sort of prompt the player to go back where you found the phone, like maybe there are more clues there and you like see dirt that's been disturbed or something like that. You start really like playing into, uh, was some, did something happen here? Like, was there a, a murder that was covered up or, or whatever? But it's, it's, it's the guy who played the prank on suds and he like buried the, his clothes there or something like, you know, it's something, it's something, something innocuous, but yeah. Um, there's just so much that you could do there, but having that unreliable narrator thing, oh, it's, you're alone. You're you're the only one at a summer mm. camp. It's now night. Well, yeah, I really like that. I really like tying it into the time of day that essentially this all happens over the course of a day and a bit. So I think you find it, you know, whether it's late night or early morning, because we, we wanted it to be dark when you first find the phone. You know, one one night, you have that next day is when you spend most of the just, time. Just as just as you open your eyes, it's like pre-dawn. Because when you pick yeah. up the phone and you look out, that's when the sun's just cracking up. Yeah. Cracking I up. I think so. Because then you're spending a bunch of time during the day unlocking a lot of these memories, finding stuff that's going on. It's all bright and sunny. And then, yes, as it starts getting darker, the memories sort of start feeling more, more oppressive. Yeah, but then again, as as the sun comes up the next morning, you tie that into. Wouldn't it be cool if the memories that you actually see come a little bit more claustrophobic, and actually mm. just perceptible enough that if you actually walked it out, the distance between the people is just shrunk a little bit. <laughs> right. So the same memories, the same memory, yeah. but it's just shrunk down a little bit and people are just a little bit closer and it kind of well, just... you, and you just like slightly change the expressions on their faces and 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 you you literally like am i am i going crazy like 
I swear, like, it took me two beats of audio steps to walk between these two people before. Yeah. Now it's taking me one. <laughs> like... And that's the sort of thing that's really fun to play with because they can't directly compare, right? Because it's 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 keyed to what time they're viewing it, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be... Especially if you're making them... Especially if you want them to go back between memories to put things into a new context as they've, like, you know, found other clues. I like that. Yeah. Man, that's... That's a good start. To our episode. Yeah. By which I mean half the episode. Half the fucking Uh, episode. That's Um, great. Okay. He does get the lock screen code. Yeah, of course. I I think you you kind of work out at one point that it's like everything is to do with like a certain cabin number. Mm Mm-hmm. That you're pretty much following the stories of all these people from the cabin, from this one cabin. Yeah. That it's sort of like maybe if I try the cabin number, which is, you know, blah, 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 that you sort of piece it together that you can... Um, as long as... As long as you don't let them do it too early, because you'd want to... You probably... If, if we're really relying on, on sort of misleading clues and stuff, I wonder if you'd want it be like, oh, it's cabin 13, but there's some other significant number that, like, comes into it. Like a... Jer- like the jersey number from the big game of flag football or whatever they played. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. That feels like a thing they play at American Soccer <laughs> Games. <laughs> Capture the flag. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I love it. So when are we getting going on this? Uh, are we going to stream this as well or <laughs> stream our development? Topic? Our development of this game. I'm not sure we should do that as this game feels kind of ambitious, but uh, it's a fucking great idea. Yeah. All right. Three, two, one, click. Let's move Jesus on. Jesus Christ. I don't want to... I don't want to click on. I like it too much. <laughs> Scratched reward. Unpredictable vicar. <laughs> <laughs> Unpredictable vicar. Uh, aren't they all? Um, <laughs> he smokes, he drinks, and... Bad vicar? Yeah. He's unpredictable. You, you never know what he's going to do. So, I mean, vicar is a very English term. Mm-hmm. So, I think we have to set it in in England. Yes. Uh, I guess at a parish of some sort or around, like, a small town that has a church. Mm-hmm. Scratched and reward, given the lock, physical lock thing we're going on, made me think that there is something that is locked away. I'm get, I'm get, I'm getting a a kind of supernatural vibe of this vic this vicar is actually he's drinking and all this sort of stuff because he knows he's got the horrors the holy grail or something he know well he knows the horrors that are locked away in this parish mm, okay oh so maybe the scratches are from when you, when you finally get inside this locked door there's scratches on the all inside. over the, all over the room from the inside and the doors busted open from the inside mm-hmm. Okay. Uh to avoid to avoid going down the very strict narrative path that we often do. Mm-hmm. As much as I enjoy a deep dive into a into a narrative. Is this more the setup for some sort of maybe 
Hades-like, roguelike, where okay. you are descending into whatever is beneath this parish. Mm-hmm. And, and sort of, as you go, discovering the secrets of of what happened here and what created these kind of demonic and and traumatic, you know, in maybe in a bit of a Hades slash uh, Binding of Isaac way, where a lot of the things down there are, are, are thematically linked to to some of the goings on in this town. I can almost see you know some boyfriend dungeon sort of coming in here as well with with the idea of you know what's in your mind, what's in. Um, mm. Yeah, so yeah, I, I kind of picture. Each Does something run. bust out of here, or do you do you sort of like? I, I like the idea that you know the vicar is just he's a drunk and all this sort of stuff because he he sort of under, he understands all the um mm-hmm. all the stuff that has been going on. There's nothing like untoward going on. And no, 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 I don't. Yeah, I don't think we go down the... And the vicar isn't the main character. He's just a side character who is kind of like your your guide to the first level sort of thing. He goes... I think he's essentially... through the, there. One of, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I think maybe he's... Yeah, well, and this is... this is. I guess we need to figure out where our character comes into this. Are they a like roaming demon hunter that has been called here or is it someone from the town who has taken it upon themselves in a, like a slayerish way to I, I do to tackle this I do like a, a monster hunter that comes along that basically there's lots of bad things that happened in this town and the monster hunter basically everyone sort of comes in to to attack this one um this one dungeon as it were but mm. things change up quite considerably. Ooh, or, or maybe it's maybe when you maybe the very first level, and and in the very roguelike way, we could have it that you come in all powerful, well, with a ton of different stuff. The town is overrun by creatures. Yep, and you just wipe the floor with them until you get to the parish. At which point, like. Something huge like comes out. Maybe you, and maybe not even the whole thing. Maybe just like a giant tentacle or a giant hand or something comes out of the cellar door of this parish and just like wipes you out. You're mm-hmm. dead. But, and this is how we bring in the roguelike sort of thing, somehow you are like resurrected. I don't think that's you. I don't think that's the monster hunter that had this. Is this something about this place? allows you to to come back. And so, again, in that very Hades-like way, we could have a sort of continual story between runs where you come back and the vicar's like, oh, yeah, that'll happen. I'm actually 500 years old or whatever, you know, like something like that. Um, but the way he's dealing with it is just by drinking himself. Mm-hmm. You know, he's overdosed th- th- five times and he okay. just keeps finding himself back. Back here. So, is the first level always going through the town? No, I think because I kind I kind of like the idea of an isometric sort of um, or not, you know, a, a high view third person sort of camera yeah. where you're sort of you're traveling through the town, you're trying to find find the source of this evil, mm. and the parish kind of moves around, like it's not always in maybe the same what position. I was, what I was sort of thinking is that. 
that first level is almost just your introduction for the very first time you play or when you start a new profile. So that after that point, you can, then you're kind of, you can use the town as your like between run. Again, like obviously taking a lot of inspiration from Hades, like you've got different townspeople that you can maybe talk to, buy stuff from. Like they're rebuilding almost as you go through as well. So when you come Um, back, are you just on the street straight outside the parish? I think so. Yeah, basically. Um, Or maybe you like burst out of a grave or something in the in the cemetery behind it. I don't know. Uh, I know. I kind of like the idea that you wake up on a park bench and it's just, you sit up yeah, and you're like, yeah. whew, you have a look at the newspaper and it's like a day later or whatever. And it's... Yeah. So each time that you die, you know, the, the date's just going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And then you can have some like speed runs on like how, you know, can you do it in the first day or whatever? Hmm. Uh, because obviously you need to have unlocked yeah you have unlocks and, and there's the usual sort of roguelike stuff um yeah to, when, to make when it- you when you get to the 30th of june uh because you know it starts on say the 23rd of june and then when you get to the hmm. 30th of june uh tanya turns up and she's now she's now like a shopkeeper that Mm. Can can sell you these cool weapons, but she doesn't turn up. Well, or you could even have things like, after a week or two, other monster hunters have heard about it and start showing up, and they become playable characters. Like they become selectable characters, mm. uh, or like someone in the town, like a young, you know, sixteen-year-old girl, just sees you doing this, and 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 you talking to her and stuff, and she decides she wants to take up the mantle as well and be a monster hunter and it's like oh now she's a playable character you can run through the dungeons with, with her which is very um like well neon abyss and a lot of the other sort of yeah yeah unlock new characters as you go i mean binding by as well and uh, um yeah, for when sure. you get down there is it are the levels kind of diablo-esque hack and slash yeah i think so i think along those sort thematic of for each level, as you as yeah, you go down a little as bit you further, descend. Yeah. Um, to the point that, like, you know, the blood dripping down the walls in the second level, you think that's as bad as it's going to get, and then you end up in this other level, and it's like, okay, it just looks like it's a cellar, and then yeah, and then this, you get one, down to level this one looks five, like and it's like an, a mall, an office building, <laughs> or yeah, mall, yeah. That'd be interesting, actually, having those... You could really... And maybe maybe some of those are keyed to the characters, like their particular storyline. Le- level five is is that... It's always your greatest fear or your... Yeah, something like that. Yeah, which is very Boyfriend Dungeon again, but I, I yeah. like the idea of each level is totally different, somewhat predictable until you get to, until you, get to you know... That level, we don't go the binding binding of Isaac like super super amounts of poop everywhere. Like no no no, uh, no. I think we can. Uh, I mean, you'd you'd bring on an art director and they'd figure out all the good stuff. But um, I like the idea of of basing say levels three through eight or whatever it is. Hang on, how many circles of hell are there? Basically, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> right. Is, Three through whatever um, are just the circles of hell. Like, yeah, you could you could do you could do some of that. Uh, I mean, I think you can pull from all sorts of inspirations. Um, I, I like the idea of of whatever level it ends up being being their greatest fear 
because then that can also that can also be a trigger point for like mechanically once you, once you get each of those yeah once you get that particular player past their level five oh it, it opens up some more story it opens up some more uh unlocks and, and and mechanics that that you know a new attack or something or whatever uh for that plot for that character uh and you could even continue doing that it's like oh and then if you get to level 10 it's like you know now you have to destroy your the thing you love the most or something like it's mm. a you know mind fuck situation <laughs> Um, I, I like the idea of after, not all trans people are on your side. So mm. you've got to actually persuade some of them that you're here um, to help them out. You're not just here to for fame and glory and all this sort of stuff. You're yep. what, Especially once you die, you're trapped here now with them. Because I like the idea that they're all trapped here and they just they all just want to die. Right, so they've all come back as well. They were all killed in the original massacre, and they've been maybe they've been slowly coming back at different times. And, and you know, it's just something about this. And and when you get to a certain point and you you beat the game, maybe some of the um some of the townspeople are freed. <laughs> I like and- I like going down. <laughs> this could be an interesting route there when. Once you've killed the big bad that has actually cursed this town, you can continue doing runs. But if you like let anything escape from the dungeon, now the townspeople can die, and this time they perma die. <laughs> so there's there's almost a prestige level of once you've beaten it, how far can you get before everyone in the town is dead <laughs> or taken over? Because I like the idea that you yeah. go you go to you go to the pub and you go to you know buy the health the health packs that you normally go and get which is literally just yep. a bottle of vodka or something like that yep. um but it'll we don't call pint, it that a pint it, it looks like it looks like a bottle of water it's, it's an just, english pub it'll be a it'll just be a pint won't it yeah um but i could just imagine that you know they they kind of have like a, a red glint in their eye or something like that and you mm. can tell that they're not quite the same and all of a sudden their prices have gone up and <laughs> Love their prices going up as a, a factor it's of the being demonically possessed. <laughs> Capitalism. <laughs> no, I like that actually. That that maybe gives it a bit more longevity than, like, yes, you've got the, that prestige level after beating it for the first time, but essentially it means that yeah, like places in the town might get taken over, and then you have to do like an additional level or an additional run or something to like bring that place back, and you can't buy your health packs until you do. Or yes, though they cost more or whatever. Um, I think at one stage you find out that one of the people is like a double agent or a spy sort of character, mm-hmm. you know, kind of taken over, and it happens earlier earlier on in the game before you beat it. And if you happen to call them out on it, you know, you can actually get some extra intel. You know, if if you sort of work it out. You get some intel for oh on this level watch out for this um if you find if you find right, something yeah. looks like this uh it's there's a secret passage there and you'll you'll find a a more powerful weapon and it's just yeah. well that'll work well as like people who are because obviously you're gonna get some people who come in or they've just they've played it before and they start a new profile and they like beat the big bad on the first run uh you know. But yes, something like that gives you the opportunity for, okay, someone playing through it a bit more traditionally, maybe they're going to take 10, 20, 30 runs even before they beat it. Okay, you you can give them- Have you seen me play Binding of Isaac? Talk, you know, a couple more hundred. 
Okay. Yeah, well, I don't whatever. Think I finished it yet. <laughs> whatever it was. Um, again, I'm very much on the Hades thing because I've been playing that lately. I got two wins in a row. I now have a streak of two. Nice. Um, for the first time ever. I haven't played it for a while. I still don't have a win in that game, but I. It's worth jumping. Back, it's worth jumping back into. It's a good. I've. It's that's my go-to. Like listen to podcasts and pl- play a Twitch hack and slash game. Cool. Uh, and I still haven't unlocked everything. So. Wow, I would have thought that you would have by now. There's so many. There's different aspects of all your weapons and stuff that you need more uh, Titan blood to unlock. All sorts of stuff. Uh yeah, that's that's cool. I, I really I think there's a lot of depth there as a roguelike. Mm-hmm. Uh, which we, I mean, that pattern kind of just works well. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a fun one. I, I'm 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 picturing. As you go down, big locks that you see everywhere, and obviously they're the locks to the to the boss on each level, and you got to find the big key. Yeah, we can bring locks. We could even it could be thematically locks everywhere uh, as you unlock stuff as you do in roguelikes. Um, and I think you get some character progression with the uh, the vicar as well. Yeah, as you clear things, or especially once you've defeated the big bad, you unlock to come conversation back. object, uh, uh, conversation options. Well, yeah, and I think stuff. he just he just starts to recover, and he's like not drinking as much, and you can actually have a conversation with him. Uh, yeah, drunken Vic is always comedy. Three, two, one, click. Mm-hmm. All right, flip battery. Inherent distress. So this is actually the same as our first game, but it's a flip phone. <laughs> and it is locked with a physical lock. <laughs> flip battery. And what were yours? Inherent distress. Inherent distress. Or distressed. Distress. Singular. A distress. Okay. I feel like there's definitely something here. Some sort of are you? Is it some sort of robot? Robot circus robot doing flips. <laughs> it, it's that little yapping dog that yep yep Or like a is this a uh, a robot that's sent into collapsed buildings to like clear the way and save people? And this is where the distress comes in. Ooh, if you if you actually played a game where you were the robot going in to, and and clearing out, or is it one of those games where you're doing some simple programming of robots, having to like send them through? Well, the reason why rubble. I was sort of going through like the the savior sort of thing is, um, like one of the games that's been going round recently is like the power wash simulator and all this sort of stuff people like those games that you sort of you're sitting there able to do simple things you know clearing out rubble to get to someone you know right could be systematically systematically okay if i grab from the top you know i'm not going to cause the whole thing to fall that could be interesting because you could have like a scanning like a scan that tells you sort of what uh, stresses are on different parts of the structure. Yeah. Uh, so that you know, oh, like if I pull that out, that's going to come down. So let's not do that. I have to find a way up there first, clear that first. 
Yeah, that could be interesting. Uh, is there a time pressure on it still? Um, I like the idea that it's not time pressured in in the in the fact that you know the these people who you know may be trapped in a building or whatever <laughs> you have to like bring them <laughs> sustenance. And- I, I'm th- I'm thinking that you know they've been found as you as you're sort of going and helping them out. So okay, they they're found all- at the start, and then you're like you're you're everything. brought in to to do the clearing out. Right. Um, maybe the part that you need to be sure of is that you're not going to let it collapse on top of them, and that's your only pressure. That yeah 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 okay. That's uh that's interesting. I like. I feel like there's an interesting gameplay loop there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be kind of fun to bring in, and it could almost be optional, but some narrative or some world building stuff. That yeah. As you are clearing these things out, you find things in the rubble that kind of point towards- Newspaper clippings, scrapbooks. Yeah, like toys, you know. And I think you've got different levels, right? Like. Yeah. So, and and you could maybe start bringing in relationships, like relations between those levels, like they connect up in certain ways if you know, if you're looking for the right things. Ooh, they're, they're all insured by the same insurance company. Ooh, yeah, you definitely uncovering some like shifty uh, insurance stuff. Yeah, that's a good idea. And I think as you go through levels, you get new tools, you get, you're rewarded for and- you're rewarded for exploration because yep. you know uh, sometimes you may actually find you don't have to clear away all that rubble you can actually cut a hole in this wall and that'll mm-hmm. actually give you access to like an easier yep sort of thing uh, but the thing is if you cut the wrong part of the wall and you cut a load bearing beam you can bring you can bring the whole thing down on top of you and then you know you have to go in as the new robot <laughs> you have to go in as as 2.0 and uh and save yourself well no, no bring I, yourself out oh not save yourself but like extract your the the remains of the previous one <laughs> or at least at least the memory chip <laughs> i guess it depends on how much of a simulation we could put in place here right like how how good the destruction how good the destruction can be that it's not just oh everything came down the end it's like oh no this section collapsed you've made it harder on yourself but the systems are good enough that you there are still might be ways through this uh you know but it's still it's it's physical based it's not you brought down the entire building on this person they did not survive that was on you well, yes, but but can you get the memory chip from that robot back? It was very expensive. But, but can you find the newspaper clipping that was beside their body? Because that explains the entire thing. Oh, you couldn't. Oh, well, you don't learn it now. Yeah. No, no. That's what I said. I think it's it's almost completely optional uh, as you go through these. It's more around that methodical puzzling, almost a bit like um, Shipbreaker. Mm. Right, where you got? Did you ever end up playing that? Yeah, yeah. Where again, it's and I mean that's a bit easier because it's uh, in zero gravity, but you've essentially got these systems-based things where uh, you can as far as I'm concerned, thing and- as far as I'm concerned, 
our robot can have extendo arms it can have you know it can shorten itself right down so it can oh yeah you can bring in it. a lot of stuff and you could have things like and again taking sort of some of the some inspiration from from shipbreaker limited numbers of like uh supports that you can put in place it's like okay if i support this up then i can cut through here knowing that that's not going to fall which gives me time to come over here, you know, relieve the pressure on it, and then I can take it back if I need to, you know, uh, yeah. and, and reuse it. And you can, you know, can buy more of them or you get more of them over time or better ones, ones that you can put in place and then, like, jack up to, like, actually move stuff on top of it. And, yeah. So why is this insurance company involved in a scam to, um, to like knock down all these buildings or is it someone who doesn't like this insurance company and is is it the company who's building these robots and needs ways to prove that they're useful and valuable or is it all three and all three of them are under the same umbrella company umbrella corp amazon (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna go umbrella corp because then you could bring in resident evil and it's like Oh yeah, then it just one of the it's levels. All, it's all T virus stuff. Like one of the levels, you find just a whole bunch of of crushed zombies. Uh, it's like oh, and cool. that that was the whole thing. Like it stopped the infection right there. It's like you you go into the mansion and it's like it's all brought down, and you go in there and it's like oh, Jill Valentine, you know, I can I can get you out of there. It's like what happens? She goes, all these zombies came, but then the whole mansion fell, and they all seem to be dead. It's like yeah, I think we're good. They're like, cool. Yeah, the little robot gives a thumbs up, just like a little, uh, uh, what's his name? Star Wars round uh, guy. BB-8. BB <laughs> no, his name's Star Wars round guy. All right, three, two, <laughs> three, one, two one, click. For potentially our last one. Oh, I think oh, probably. Where, where were the locks in the last game? Uh, if I you mean, ex- if you explore, there's some locked. There are going to be some go. locked doors, yeah, that you have to get through with your laser cutter. Recreational ozone, believable ritual. So you are performing a ritual to close the hole in the ozone layer. <laughs> Environmental occultists say something that's actually believable. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, climate change. Um, <laughs> I said believe. <laughs> <laughs> Today is the day that we find out Trevor is a climate change denialist. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I, no, I'm not. I'm not even going to improvise that. Like, that's just. I'm actually a climate denialist. I don't believe in climate. It's not someone made that word. You didn't say anything when we went through that whole game about the seasons before. Like, that's that's weather. That's not climate. That's that's not climate. Yeah. Uh, okay. Ozone. <laughs> Click again. Greedy Fortnite. Pilot support. Mm-hmm. So it's the game Fortnite, and it's got lots of microtransactions, and that brings in the greedy Fortnite thing. What were yours? <laughs> pilot support you play the pilot of is it a 
bus or something? Oh, it, it's a new season. Whatever it's it just is. the pilot for it. Like, it's the first, it's, they're trialing a new, se- a new season. A new Fortnite of, a new Fortnite of season. A new season of Fortnite. Yep. And you're in the pilot program. So this isn't actually a game. It's just like a marketing scheme for Epic. Um, no, I think, I think this is actually a visual novel. <laughs> okay. A meta novel. A meta novel. Mm-hmm. Where, where you actually learn, you know, the secrets behind Fortnite success. Success. Fortnite. And all this sort of stuff. Um, and then you, then you can, um, <laughs> make lots of money out of it. Because you know where where the whole story is going. Click again. Click again. Because <laughs> Jesus Christ. Adequate pink. Slim acquisition. Slim acquisition. Yeah. Adequate pink. Um, so, 100%, this character's name, our main character's name is Slim Acquisition. Oh, I was going to go with Slim Pink. Slim Pinkman. Director of Acquisition. Slim Pinkman, Director of Acquisitions at Adacorp. Adequate Corp. Ada. Adacorp. Adacorp. (laughs) It's really... He came up with that as well, and nobody likes that except him. Okay, what what do they acquire? What what is acquisitions in this in this world for Slim Pinkman? I mean, is it is it other companies like you know? Are you a, a large conglomerate? I like the uh, idea coming of coming in and engulfing. Have you seen the TV series Warehouse Thirteen? Uh, I know of it vaguely. Have you seen the series Friday the Thirteenth the TV series? No. Okay. It's it's all about acquiring mystical artifacts. Artifacts or something? That, yeah, okay. That, like, are totally kind of fucked up. Okay. Okay. Because I, li- I like the idea that's of cool. going down this idea of... Um, A corporation that's, like, try Trying gathering. to acquire all the, um, all the mystical artifacts in the world, basically. What... What they're planning to do with those things, we don't know. But effectively, it's like it's a it's a a mm. book that you can't put down. Like if you mm. start reading it, you can't you can't put it down. And it's wait, is that uh, one of the objects? No, oh, that's what I'm thinking. Right, I you thought you were saying that the game is like a book you can't put down because well, you just keep it is. going. <laughs> it is, but um, no, one of the objects is a ga- is a book that you can't put down. And they're collecting SCPs. <laughs> <laughs> you you go into this you go into this room and this this person is literally you know they haven't eaten they haven't haven't drunk anything they're like all emaciated and all this sort of stuff but they can't put they can't finish the book, this book down yeah, when they finish really long book well when they finish the book they just turn back they to the to first page again. and start again mm. uh yeah that does that feels SCP ish do you are you across SCP are you down with SCP are you down with Hey, the- you know me. SCP. Same clown posse. No. Uh, no, SCP is... Um, I think it stands for like standard containment protocol or something, but it essentially started as a wiki where people were creating these pages on different artifacts, different creatures and things that had been found, but it, it 
slowly became this this whole thing where it's this one like organization that's collecting them all and they and there's all sort of stories that are intertwining with them um, and because anyone could write them like there's a whole lot of shit ones but there's some that are really like super creepy and super interesting to read mm-hmm. anyway it, it it would relate to that in some way but yes i think i think collecting these artifacts but again they're collecting them for profit it's in this really like cynical way where they're like oh we could use that so was slim pinkman he was he was one of the people who started this company right but then left his yes. job as ceo and decided to to like because he wants to be more of an Indiana Jones type hunter of either Indiana Jones or you know he just didn't like the whole way that schmoozing and corporate lifestyle or he like tried that. to go undercover boss <laughs> no well i kind of like the idea of of making it a bit of an action adventure sort of thing where you are out there looking for these things other people obviously are looking for them too. There are rival corporations, but it is this very corporate thing. Like we created this very cynical thing. Your character is not particularly likable. I mean, maybe they're like, maybe the reason they did this is because they're pushing back against the morals of what their company has become, but they're also still doing it. <laughs> uh, and you can have like in between levels and stuff that are, you know, within your, your big, corporate building or whatever and um finding out a bit more about the history of the company and the other you know employees and and uh who the ceo is now who is a complete you know profit monger nothing else matters we're going to utilize these things you know sell them to the highest bidder no matter what we think they might you know do with them um you said no uh, you know nothing else matters and it immediately brought me to the soundtrack now, okay. I think we need, like, some, some heavy metal in here. In some, there. Like, all, like, from all walks of life sort of thing. I'm thinking that when when you sort of go up against some of the some of the artifacts, it's, you know, sometimes it's, it's going to get hairy out there or it's just... Yeah. You know, could you, could you imagine you walk into a room and there's these guys possessed and it's like... You start hearing this whispering of, let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. It's like, that'd be good, actually. I feel like there's not enough heavy metal in, in games these days. Although you did say, like, bringing in from all walks of life. So I think also some dire straits. Mm. Do the walk. Do, 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 do the walk of life. Maybe that's like the end credits. Um, do, do. Chill. I'm now I'm now picturing that um kind of like um supernatural you you have that that pretty cool soundtrack of you know you're in your car you're driving with your with your new partner or whatever and hmm. you know you you can you can basically turn on the radio and it's like some pretty cool tracks you you sort of see the the opening credits going with this this stuff yeah and you break into this room and then you see what what can really happen with these things it's like yeah 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 it's dark well i think 
that actually brought to mind that maybe we structure this episodically in a very Alan Wake style uh, way. I think well, did Alan Wake do that? Where it's kind of episodes of a TV show. I think so. I think I think the second Alan Wake game did that. The first I think one alone, that alone there was that Alone in the Dark game that did it too. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, where essentially like you almost have these little self-contained sections. Uh, and, the, and the whole game has like I, don't know, I mean te- technically this is kind of what control was all about anyway like well control I, I think I was going to bring that up because I think control was actually very SCP inspired as well yeah um, but I think you got a bit less of like the you whole use those things building and, is yeah. being is in use and like really like things shifting and changing and more of just like this is across no, the we, world you are finding these artifacts yeah and and maybe you know, Ally uh, Alan Wake gets a little bit of a um, gets a little bit of a callback to something that happens in Control. You can sort of do a little bit of a nod to, oh, you know, we're we're going up against the company that, um, right, you know, yeah, whatever that corp was in Control, yeah, yeah. I mean, and- it feels like a very remedy sort of game that they could. That they could yeah. Make remedy, right? uh, yeah, but I, I do like the idea of you're not taking on the the abilities yourself, so you're not flying around and doing all this crazy shit. You're sort of Indiana Jonesing slash Tomb Raidering it round that you know all oh, these artifacts being found in the jungle make you make your way down into into the Amazon. Yeah, and yeah, I think you've got a you've got a Uncharted slash Tomb Raider kind of vibe to a lot of the levels of of exploring these, these grand places and like other, you know, coming up against other companies or who are, who are maybe trying to also get it. Um, or, or the Indiana Jones or Lara Croft type, who's like trying to put it back in a museum. Um, this belongs in a museum. It's like, this belongs in a museum. And then they really does not <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't understand the power of it. They're just a real like bumbling Indiana Jones, who you know the Indiana Jones who when they when they came across the fucking Holy Grail uh, the, or the the Ark of the Covenant would have just opened it immediately. <laughs> I think they do. <laughs> <laughs> they do. That's one of the scenes. <laughs> His face just melts straight off and is like, oh yeah. shit. Then you've you've got this huge escape you know sequence of trying to get out of these places. The fucking Ark of the Covenant just like pulls everything in and around pulls it. Pulls this entire everyone. temple down around it. Yeah, and- totally. <laughs> love it yeah i i really love that idea of just you know playing around with that uh the locks come in because (laughs) forgot about that constraints uh i mean some you know some of the boxes that some of them come in boxes that are locked yeah people want to lock these things away well it's not much of a constraint when we have to throw it on our end at at a corp um at a corp they lock they lock everything away um at yeah. the end like each each time it comes in they go thank you very much and puts the yeah. key in his in his desk so mm. one of the things is that you've got to try and get that key and you know sort of sneak, well yeah sneak or eventually like you you overthrow the company again or like you have a hostile takeover or take back or whatever because you've decided, no, this stuff just has to be locked away for good and not, like, resold for profit. Yeah. One of the things that you, you get to do is effectively go to that um, that massive warehouse from Indiana Jones 
with all the um with all the like crates, crates. that aren't marked any anything and all this sort of stuff. Yep. And that's and pretty a big much ring of, and a big ring of keys. <laughs> it's like, wait, does this one go here? Nope, not that one. Nope. <laughs> it's a mini game, and if you get it really close, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's open. It's like it, you know, it opens in in one key compared to if you if you get a little bit off, it's like two or three. If you get it way off, you know, yeah, you can just thirty five keys later. <laughs> thirty five keys later. Uh, okay. On that note, I think we will lock this episode up. If you want to find us online, you can go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. Check out all of our previous episodes. We're coming up on number 250. In two episodes. Wow. There's a whole lot of backlog there, uh, that you can, that you can enjoy. Run back through it. Leave us some reviews if you like it. Even if it's a four year old episode, we still love to see them. Uh, check them out. We'd also like to thank Kuridas for allowing us to use the song Map to Find Stuff for the Album Containment Failure for our opener and closer each and every week. That's right. So thank you again for joining us this week on BitStorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And I'm Slim Pinkman, CEO and founder of Adacorp. <laughs>